0: Welcome to the Fox Pro Podcast. Brought to you by Fox Pro Game Calls.
1: Man, we've got a good one for you. Welcome back to the Fox Pro Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking wolves and coyotes. Before we get going, I want to let everyone know that we're starting to roll out the new Fox Pro e-call units. The Prowler, Hellcat, and Hellcat Pro are available now. All right, let's get to it. We've got Fox Pro staffer Tom Austin on the line. How's it going, Tom? You doing all right, buddy?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm great. Awesome. I, I mean, how, how could you not be great talking about hunting?
1: Yeah, it, uh, I know that uh, didn't you and uh, Al just freshly just now got back from a, from a coyote hunting trip? when y'all hunting just a week or two ago? We, we were.
0: We did some, uh, we tried to do some dogging, um, but the coyotes just were not real interested in dogging.
1: Yeah. Sometimes they're
0: alligators, and sometimes they're super timid. And these coyotes were timid. Out of the dozen or so that we called in, we had one coyote interested in
1: even interacting with the dogs. So, how how was how was the calling though? Did did the coyotes call pretty good? Yeah, the calling was
0: good. Um, Just about every time we set up, we uh, we had responses and. You know, we had coyotes coming hard, uh, but when they saw the dogs, they would almost turn inside out. One of them hunkered down, like, on a, on its belly and waited for the dogs to go past and then snuck out of there as quick Good, as she easy. could.
1: I've never seen and, that. Uh, I've seen, you know, I've seen them dart off and burn out just, you know, as quick as they see the dogs and stuff like that. But I don't think I've ever seen one try to try to hide, let them get hide. by, and then, then slip out. Yep.
0: yep, she literally hid from the dogs until they were out of sight, and then she took off. and We never saw her again, never got a shot at her. But uh, the calling was good. We were using um, mainly vocals. Every once in a while, we played some fawn bleats. Yep. But mostly coyote vocals, uh, using a ton of the MFK stuff. Right, right. And... They were just hammering the call. They they would come as hard and as fast as they could come. Um, if they didn't see the dogs, and as soon as they saw the dogs, it was a different game. So right. we started leaving the dogs in the truck. Um,
1: well, sometimes and, you got to test the waters on them. What what you know what really what really gets aggravating is when uh, when the calling's not all that great. You know, coyotes aren't coming yeah. good, and when then when they do come, they're sissies like that. That makes for a pretty brutal few days a column, but it's always good to see that the coyotes are coming are coming good
0: yeah well the 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 best part of it is is anybody could do it anybody could do what we did you know last week um if they had a fox pro and mfk sounds yep they could have called in a dozen 15 coyotes in two and a half days easy awesome um awesome. without dogs because you know it, the dogs didn't help us any at all
1: right it actually well, kind of hurt you a little bit did
0: yeah sometimes they help you a bunch and sometimes they hurt you and this was a, a hurt us week but
1: right so uh, y'all ended up after uh i think i did talk to al earlier and he did say they had one really really good dogging stand and uh said that uh you know it had a bunch of sissies did y'all end up just putting the dogs up and just start calling and killing
0: yeah we did and um, we we ended up killing um I think we ended up killing seven in two and a half days, which is pretty good considering you're only able to call four or five hours in the morning.
1: Yes, it ain't hot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That, yep. that is, and, good. and especially doing it on film. You know, filming. And a, a lot
0: of them were spoiled because of the dogs. You know. So. Right. Right. Yeah, and fil- filming adds a whole n- new element to it, but. Uh, it, it also makes it a lot more interesting and you got to be a lot smarter about your hunting when you're filming too.
1: Definitely a lot smarter about your setups, you know, the last
0: day we went to a ranch there in Northern Utah, only about 45 minutes from my home. And, uh, it was just flat sage everywhere. I mean, there was nowhere to hide the truck. There's nowhere to hide your body. You're just sitting down and and you're not seeing coyotes until they're, you know, a hundred yards of glass coming hard. Right. right. And and then you're shooting through little windows, um, with the camera and the gun. Yeah. Yeah. It it just makes for interesting hunting, but.
1: Definitely does. And you gotta, and that's the thing talking about those small windows, you know, and everybody's gotta be on the same page just because that camera's got the window. doesn't mean the, the shooter has the same window or vice versa. Exactly yep so what uh what state were you guys hunting in this past trip were y'all in utah or did y'all go somewhere else we hunted utah and idaho um
0: so i live 45 minutes from southern idaho border yep and i can be in idaho in 45 minutes it takes me about an hour and a half to get to nevada and about
1: an hour to get to Wyoming. So I'm oh, right man. in the mecca of all the good. Hunting. Oh yeah. You in the, you're in the honey hole right there. You're in the, you're in the sweet spot.
0: <laughs> yeah. For sure. there, there's some great, there's some great hunting. There's a ton of callers. They say, if you can kill coyotes in, in my home state of Utah, um, And do it consistently. You're something special because there's a ton of callers.
1: I'd say that Um, uh, they still have the fifty dollar bounty. I'm sure that that hurts a little bit. They do, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yep. Every uh, every set of ears and lower jaw in the state of Utah is worth fifty bucks, and yep, uh, it gets everybody interested in going out there to do it. But you know, not everybody knows how to do it, which you know, it can hurt too, and. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about promoting new guys in the sport. I was a new guy a long, long time ago, and and you know that's what keeps this sport going is new guys and new interest and in fresh blood.
1: Well, you uh, know, I tell you what. I tell you that fifty dollar bounty. That uh, you know, I've hunted other states that have like certain counties would have have bounties. You know, sometimes there's counties inside states that'll have them, and they might not be fifty bucks. Might just be twenty five. But if you could take a set of ears in, and and get a check, that turns everybody into a coyote hunter. Even even if they're not a, um, say a coyote caller, you got guys running <coughs> them with dogs. You've got ranchers and cowboys and everybody else shooting them out of windows of pickup trucks. So you know it, it puts coyotes on edge. I mean it's even though they might not be calling pressure, um, if there's pressure from coming from every angle, it can make it can make you coyote calling pretty daggone difficult.
0: Well, you know what it did uh, in my my home uh, area is it caused guys to buy helicopters. Oh, my gosh. Or killing coyotes. Because if if they could go out and kill 40 to 60 in a weekend, not only would it pay for their fuel, but the ranchers would pay them a bunch for doing it. And then they'd turn them in for the bounty. Yep. So one of my best friends from high school went in on a helicopter with his his father-in-law and they made a killing services uh business out of it and so add that on top of everybody else that's hunting and coyotes in utah are pretty darn tough to to call and kill but al and i've been doing it so long and we have some spots set aside and we still have success
1: right right does does utah still incorporate uh do you all have government trappers up there oh yeah Yep. Yeah. So they're, they're out there working every every week, every day,
0: every counter county has at least a government trapper. some of them have several. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: That, uh, that, uh, can definitely, definitely make things change the game up a little bit. What, uh, you said the column was pretty good. What you got any specific sounds that you noticed that the coyotes were coming to better than, than others. What, what were most of you coyotes showing up to?
0: Well, um, it seemed like all we were really all we really had to do was um do a few howls and uh that little bee whimper howl is what Al starts almost every set with.
1: Oh, he loves it. Uh, <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I can see why it works good, you know. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Boo Roo Challenge, I think, is another one that we were doing. Um just Going back and forth between different howls, and uh, it was, that's really all we needed. We didn't have to get fancy with the calling.
1: Yep.
0: Now, Al ran the remote all weekend, because he, you know, he was, uh, he was running the dogs on the remote, and I was filming. Yep. And one thing I think that people don't understand when they watch an episode of Fox Pro Hunting TV or whatever, they think that we use two or three sounds on the stand. I don't I can't think of a stand I've used only two or three sounds since I was a kid when dad was, you know, blowing a, a Tally Ho hand call, you know, when I was seven or eight years old. Um since the the advent of, you know, Fox Pros um and my first was an FX five, you know, twenty years ago. Right. I easily play ten sounds on every stand and maybe twenty or thirty, you know. It's not uncommon for, for us to go through 20 sounds easy. Right, right. Just little bites here and there of all sorts of different things to see what's going to trip their trigger.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So if someone said, give me a sound sequence, you people would probably laugh at how many different sounds we play.
1: <laughs> they'd, have, they'd have to get their notebook out to, to write all the stuff down or memorize it, wouldn't they?
0: <laughs> yeah, but but it's still it only lasts 15 or 20 minutes you know we're just not we're just not beating uh, lightning jack to death for 12 minutes
1: and then getting up and packing off to another stand (laughs) yeah
0: and I, i know a lot of guys that do that you know they'll play lightning jack for
1: 10 12 minutes and nothing comes
0: well there must be nothing here well that's not that's not true you know right if you're not if you're not piquing a coyote's interest with vocals uh territory maybe uh uh, some mating sounds maybe some fight sounds you know as well as something that maybe he wants to eat then you're missing coyotes
1: that's right you gotta gotta touch on all those things that can trigger a coyote especially in those states like you're talking about utah the ones that get hammered i mean you gotta find something that's gonna trigger those coyotes to come in for sure yeah
0: there's times we'll go to another state and we only have to play, you know, four or five sounds because we get it figured out pretty quickly. Right.
1: Find what they want to come to. Yeah.
0: It, it's like fishing, you know, if you keep throwing the same chartreuse
1: popper over and over and over again and nothing's hitting it, you're wasting your time.
0: You got to find out what they're hitting on. Exactly. So
1: exactly. I, th-
0: I throw everything in the tackle box until I get something to hit it and then I'll stick with it, you know. Yep. But uh,
1: ride it, ride it till it bucks you. You know, if it starts yeah. working, use it. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. But before we, uh, we get into the thick of this podcast, y'all have heard us uh, talk back and forth here a little bit. You kind of get an idea about Tom, but, you know, just to give you guys, we need to learn a little bit more about you, Tom. And, you know, i just going to go ahead and start it off. Guys, Tom is an excellent, excellent predator hunter. And Tom is also one of the few hunters that I personally know that has successfully called in a wolf. And I'm pretty sure he's called in more than just one, which I yeah. think is an absolute amazing feat. Tom. Um, you guys heard us talking about filming and stuff. Uh, Tom is no stranger to a video camera. Tom has been in front of the camera for Fox pro hunting TV numerous times and has filmed countless episodes for Fox pro hunting TV. Uh, Tom, won't you give us a little brief deal here? Tell us a little bit, you know, more about yourself us. Tell us who Tom Austin is.
0: Yeah, so grew up in northern Utah hunting, fishing, loving every day, like the song says. Um, my dad put himself through college hunting coyotes. And what they would do is he, he and a buddy would go out on the weekend and kill as many coyotes as they could. And then they would skin them and stretch them and, uh, you know, do all that and take them to the fur market. And he, his fur check was enough to pay for his tuition. That's pretty um, cool. For, for several years and so when I was real little like seven he started letting me go and uh, I, I've got two older brothers and a younger sister so the boys would all go hunting and the the girls would stay home and do girl things and we right. just lo- loved it. I killed my first coyote with a 30-30 lever action that I borrowed from my granddad I um, probably you know, 40 or 50 yards. that posted up broadside, and I smoked it, and I was hooked ever since, you know, at seven years old.
1: That's, that's, that's pretty
0: young. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, I grew up doing that, and uh, when I was uh, 21 years old, my dad was killed in an industrial accident, and he was 47, and even though I was an adult at 21, I felt like a kid learning that my dad had been killed. It was, it was pretty tough.
1: Yeah.
0: And it, it was hard for me to hunt and fish for um, a couple of years. Um, I just missed him so much, and I, I kind of fell away from all that. And at one point, I realized that uh, the dad would want me to still hunt and fish. That, you know, that's probably where I would connect with him the most. And so I got back to it and, and uh, got back to fly fishing, which is something he taught us to do real young. But coyote hunting was kicking my butt and I was not having any success. And the reason was because I didn't pay attention. Dad would tell me where to sit. He'd, he had a pair of wooden dowels that were lashed together with some le- leather that he used as shooting sticks, you know. You're right? Um, th- these are like very early, early version swagger bipods, you know.
1: Right,
0: right. And uh, he'd point to where I should sit, and I'd sit down, and and I would just shoot whatever he called in. And I didn't realize that he was, you know, sitting me somewhere to break up my outline, and he was pointing, you know, me in the direction with the wind in my face. And I just went into autopilot and did what he told me to do. Right, and right. it took me a while to figure out he was doing everything for a reason right you know like a like a dumb kid i just assumed dad would always be around and when uh, when he was gone i had to relearn how to hunt coyotes yep and those were the dog days for me when i really struggled and had to go back to the drawing board and figure out what was going on and at that time um I found a Randy Anderson VHS calling all coyotes and just started watching Randy's VHSs and paying attention to what he was doing. And, you know, he's a pretty good teacher. I think he was a band teacher actually at one point. And so he kind of talks through what he's doing and I just paid attention and, and started doing that. And at the same time, I'm like, well, I think I could film too. So I bought a, uh, little Canon camera, um, and just an XA 20, I think is what it was called. And just started filming and it turned into something pretty cool. You yep, know, right. I was, yep. I, I was able to, to start putting coyotes on film and start killing. And, um, I was working for a big game outfitter, uh, doing big game hunts, and I started, uh, you know, when you go on a big game hunt, you have one tag for the hunter. And right. if he tags out on day two, he's going to sit in the cabin in his flannels and play cards until he flies back home or whatever. But right. that wasn't me. So I was sneaking out morning, evening, and calling coyotes. Yep. And they caught on to what I was doing and started tagging along. And then they started calling me in the off season and said, hey, we had so much fun hunting coyotes, we want to come back
1: right book book a hunt to do that
0: yeah so i uh, I was working for an outfitter and he he wasn't super honest he uh i had a guy called to book a hunt and he's like i want you to take him to this property drive him around and, and show him you know show him a good time and call coyotes and i said well the problem is, there's no coyotes on that property that time of year. The snow's too deep. And he's like, Well, he won't know that. Just take him up there. And so I got a hold of the hunter and I said, Hey, he's trying to kind of screw you over. He wants me to take you to a ranch that doesn't have coyotes and just drive you around for three days and take your money.
1: Yeah.
0: And I said, I would, you know, do what you can to get a refund from him. So. He said, well, thank you. I appreciate the info. He got a refund, called me back, and he said, hey, do you know a place where we can go? <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely, yeah. And he said, well, I got this time off and spent all this money, and, you know, I got money burning burn a hole in my pocket. I want to kill coyotes. So he came out anyway. I quit working for the outfitter, and uh, we I, that was my first guided coyote hunt, you know, 20 years ago. Right,
1: right. And uh
0: we had good success and a ton of fun and and that's kind of what started predator strike Force and right taking guys out and teaching them how to hunt coyotes and filming. and
1: yeah i know you took uh took one of our mutual friends uh tim spike davis out what probably a year ago or something like that maybe yeah it's it's
0: been at least uh probably 10 12 years ago yeah tim was Tim was actually uh, drawing cartoons for Frederick Stream, and I was writing uh-huh. a column. I had a column uh, named "Caller for Hire" that I was writing every month, and Tim and I hooked up, and he came out hunting with me. Oh man, he is such a crack. Tim,
1: Tim's a Tim's a good, and that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, but we we definitely had a good time, but
0: I've uh, taken a lot of people hunting over the years, and. I probably have still to this day. I probably have 200 plus kills on video
1: um,
0: that I've never done anything with. I I give the footage back to the hunters,
1: right?
0: So they have it as a memento, but I've never published it or done anything with it. It's just all sitting on hard drives,
1: right? Right. Mm. Give you something some old
0: stuff in there. (laughs) Give you
1: something to look back on. Uh, Sometimes yeah. and relive that stuff it's pretty cool to have that so sounds like it you, you sounds like you've been coyote calling for what at least 40 45 years
0: well i turned 46 this week um
1: so <laughs> i tried to make it sound like you in your 50s <laughs> I, I, i'm not quite that old but
0: uh yeah i actually uh I've probably been calling for, you know, 40? 30,
1: 39. You said you killed what killed you first yep. one at seven years old. So 39 years. Yeah. Well, see, I wasn't too far off. So you were all over 40 anyway. <laughs> don't
0: don't age me. My beard <laughs> ages me already. It, it <laughs> went real gray the last three
1: years. You had to start brushing some stuff into that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we was talking, we was talking about the wolves earlier, Tom. I mentioned that. I know you've got some experience with that. That's kind of what brought the, if I remember correctly, that's kind of what kind of gave birth to the beard that you wear so famously now. But uh, tell us a little bit uh, about what Wolf called. How many many wolves have you actually called in, Tom? I know you've killed at least one you called in, right? Yeah,
0: I've called in uh, at least
1: seven at this point. Seven wolves. Um,
0: That's awesome it's amazing it's funny the first wolf i called in i called in by accident i was hunting with a guy from pa he came out to to do a hunt a coyote hunt with me yeah and uh we were in montana calling and about to break stand and he's like you see that coyote out there and this was back before either one of us had rangefinders. It's been 15, 20 years ago. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. And there's a, a cow out there sitting on his butt. And we guessed on yardage, and he's like, I, I think he's 400, you know. he, uh, He pulls up the gun and. He's sh- he's shooting a twenty tactical. Uh, I think it's called the twenty tactical, yeah. which is real similar to a two hundred four.
1: Yeah, I know exactly great, what that is. Yep,
0: great coyote now. Yep, but
1: uh,
0: he's guessing it's four hundred yards sitting there, and he shoots, and he's about eight feet in front of it, and it gets up and starts loping off, and it's a gray wolf, oh, gosh. a young, gray, a young gray wolf but we were uh really glad that he missed first and foremost because it wasn't something we were supposed to be shooting
1: at ah I see
0: but uh, the reason he thought it was 400 yards is because we thought it was a coyote and it was further it was, off <laughs> yeah and it it was a wolf and um he he just kind of loped up over the hill and was gone but we called him in using coyote vocals really really. And so that got me thinking, well, if he'll come to that, um maybe that's what I need to be focusing on when I start calling wolves. So the next uh the next season, um I bought wolf tags and I just decided to set a goal for myself if i'm gonna kill a wolf you know i want something to remind me that i'm wolf hunting every day and that's what i need to be focusing on
1: right
0: so i decided my dad used to grow a deer beard yeah. um, during oh season. yeah and he'd he'd shave it after he shot a buck and yeah. so i thought i'd have it for a season or
1: two nope <laughs> it stuck with you for years <laughs>
0: The first wolf that we called in and killed was about four, three years, three or four years after I started growing the beard Yep. and I was filming and, uh, I howled it in with my voice. My cousin ended up shooting it and we were pretty darn excited, but we chased wolves that season a bunch and only called in one.
1: Right. And this, and this was three or four years after you, your first, uh, called wolf encounter. Correct? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. And then, and then we, um, and then I started calling in wolves, like almost, I wouldn't say like often, but I would at least call in one or two a year and somebody would either, um, have a shot or not have a shot or. Whatever, and um, but you know, I was figuring out how to start calling them in. And uh, Al and I went out and decided to film, and we put seven wolves on film in one day.
1: Really, I, I've heard this story. I've heard I've heard Al tell the story about this before, <laughs> and it was a
0: it was a mess. Like the very first spot we went to such a strange thing we get to this area and i i tell al i'm gonna voice hal and he said let's just set up and i said well the problem is al if they're not here we're wasting our time and it's first thing in the morning we want to make hay so we get out and i voice hal and i'm waiting for a response and they never answer so i'm like okay let's move and the the method that I use with hunting wolves is it's similar to coyote hunting, but more similar to coyote locating than right. actually coyote hunting. Mm-hmm. A wolf howl is so low and so quiet that you can only hear him a half mile okay. A coyote you can hear sometimes Forever. well over yeah. a mile, yeah, yeah. So but a wolf, you will not hear it over half a mile, even in the best, calmest conditions. Half a mile is is really far to hear a wolf howl.
1: Oh, I didn't, I did not, did not know that. Didn't realize that. I've actually heard wolves howl in the northeast. And, Of course, you know I, I hear it, and it's like real low tone, and it seems like it's uh-huh. forever away. And I can remember I was with my brother when when I heard, I was like man, that's, that's wolves, you know, like you hear something like, what is it that saying? That's wolves. Yeah, Man, they are forever away, but it sounds like it's probably nope. just a ha- <laughs> within a half mile, sounds like. <laughs>
0: they were within a half mile, if you heard them, they were within a half mile. That's crazy. And just different tone, different pitch, you know, it just yeah. doesn't travel as far. So what we do is we, we'll drive uh, every half mile, get out and locate, and then when we get them to respond, we hunt really thick stuff, so we'll pull up Google Earth and look for a clearing somewhere close to us that we can get to the edge of and try to get them to come out across it.
1: Right, right.
0: <clears throat> so we we did this locate, nothing answered. We get back in the truck, and we're driving half a mile to the next spot, and the biggest wolf I've ever seen was coming down the road to oh, us. Oh, my gosh coming to the how? oh gosh and so <clears throat> we pile out of the truck and we're getting guns and trying to figure out how far he is and i'm asking al how far is it and he's telling me he's 400 he's 400 and i shoot and it's way low and i'm like al how far is he and he's like he's he's 400 and i shoot again <laughs> and it's way low and so this wolf, you know, lopes out of our lives forever. And uh-huh. when I say lope, it makes it sound like they're they're just moving slow. When a, a wolf, <laughs> when yeah. a wolf is on the lope, he covers ground faster than a coyote does at a at a run. Right. Uh-huh. They're just they're three times as big, and they just move so fast. I've never seen something cover ground so fast. And I look at Al, and I'm like. Al, is your rangefinder broken? And he's like, oh, shit. And he had a rangefinder hanging around his neck. Didn't and he didn't, didn't even use it. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, you knothead? I'm asking you for range. And he's like, I I've, I've just figured he was 400 yards. I,
1: <laughs>
0: I range coyotes all day long. And, well, that was the problem is he's used to seeing Same. coyotes. Yeah, are smaller Three or 400 anyway. yards and no one size and everything like that. But, you can't tell that with a wolf unless you've done it a bunch. Of, so he picks up his rangefinder, he clicks it over there at six hundred and eighty yards. It was way further than yeah. four hundred, you know.
1: Hey, and we've probably got just, guys listening from back east is like, Well man, they should be able to pick something else out the range. Listen, if you've never been out west, it's a total different ball game than it is east of the it, Mississippi or even in the Midwest. You get in that sagebrush gee. country and that mountain country man, you'll think, some, even if there's no animal there and you're just trying to guesstimate across a canyon or whatever, man, it's tough to do if you're not used to it, if you don't have the eye for it.
0: Well, and this area that we're at is sagebrush flats, but it gets five or six feet of snow, and yep. it was that's what it was that day. It's just snow.
1: And nothing there to so, look at besides snow and maybe an animal that comes out, right?
0: Yep, that's it.
1: So you're you're just basically
0: you're guessing, you know. If you were to look across the sea and try and guess how far, right. you know, something is floating right. out there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, almost it's about like that. Yeah.
0: So, so, that, uh, so
1: that wolf was actually coming. You all had jumped out to to try to locate, and you mouth howled, and then when you all was fixing to to go on, that's you saw it, the one was coming.
0: He was coming to the howl. If we'd have sat you know, put our butts in the snow where we were, he'd have been in within, you know, 15, probably 15 minutes, and we'd have probably killed him at 100 yards. Oh,
1: my gosh. That's a heartbreaker there. But that
0: that's the way it goes, you know. And then we go down the road further, and we howl, because we know there's more wolves All in
1: right. the area. Not just going to be just one. You know, when you're talking about wolves, usually unless it's a transient or something, there's, there's a pack there, right?
0: Yeah. Yep and we get a response and so we start moving in and as we walk in we find where they had slept that night there were warm wolf beds melted in the snow with their fur still in it and tracks and we i i assume that we had bumped them out coming in to to locate mm-hmm. and they answered us as they were leaving oh, man. so then we start then we started chasing them not like not like as fast as we can go because we're going we're going through deep snow and things like that but we ended up catching up to them like five or six hours later and there was a pack of seven of them oh man and again it was like we're not in a as soon as we see them we're not in a position to call they're already running and they're scattering everywhere and al just gets out and just starts blazing at him with this 243 and doesn't touch any of them and I'm just laughing and the camera guy's like we can't use any of this footage and <laughs>
1: hey, al's you know. never seen a shot he didn't like. <laughs> exactly when, there's, and lead he and is when not, there's lead and air there's danger <laughs> he
0: is not afraid to shoot that horn to the ammo he will shoot a case <laughs> in the hunt if he has to
1: <laughs> hey but so, just like i said when there's lead and the air there's danger you never know uh, one connect of no, no, them wolves out there
0: <laughs> yeah so he'll he'll shoot all the ammo and just tell neil davies hey neil send more bb's we need more ammo but uh that that was just one of those trips that we just we saw so many wolves and yeah, uh, just couldn't get anything killed. Couldn't yeah. it, it, everything was fighting against us.
1: And I think you guys have got a trip planned here a few months to go try wolves again. do to you, you, and Al? Yeah, we
0: yeah. do. Well, um, we've we've learned a lot too. Mm-hmm. One thing I've learned about wolves,
1: they don't like to turn around. Like they get headed well, a direction, they've kind of on a mission, yep. I guess. Yeah. They they do. They'll uh, they'll be headed to an area,
0: and if you're behind them, you're gonna be behind them gonna stay all them. Yeah. all day. They do not like to turn around and come back to where they've already been.
1: Well, let me ask you this: say you say you jump. You said you like to locate. So, like you'll you'll jump out and howl. Nothing answers. You move a half mile or so. Try it again. If say this scenario plays out, say you get into an area. You jump out and boom. Wolves howl back. And they're in the perfect spot for you to say, Hey, we got time to get set up, get this thought out, what we need to do. What does a stand actually look like? I mean, when I say that, what does a calling sequence look like? What sound what type of sounds are you gonna run through and that type of stuff?
0: Yep. So the wolf that I actually ended up killing, that that's exactly what happened. I'm going down this road, I have a buddy with me. And we get out, and we howl every half a mile. And about 8.30 in the morning, we howl, and they answer. And they're close, like five to 800 yards away is all. And there's a clearing about 100 yards from us that we can see and set up on a fence line. And so we're like, we got to go now. So we grab our call. We grab our guns. And we go and we set up on this fence line. And the best sound that I've found for wolves, and this sounds really stupid, and people are going to laugh at me about it. But the best sound that i found for wolves is ravens and magpies. Okay. And the reason why, if you ever see a wolf in the wild, you will see ravens and magpies with him every single time. Right. They, okay. fo- they follow them around. Just like, you know, just like a pet. Yeah. And that's because they know that the wolves are always going to be finding carry-on or killing something, and they'll always have something to eat. Yeah,
1: exactly. Makes sense.
0: So if you ever watch footage from, let's say, Yellowstone Park, you'll never see uh, uh, wolf footage without ravens in it Mm. or magpies. Yep. They're just always around. And it gives them comfort and it creates a sense of urgency. They think if, you know, if a a raven flock is eating whatever it is they're eating, there may be nothing left if they wait. Right. So I always start out with ravens and magpies just to calm the area down and just to say, hey, there's something interesting over here that you should, you know, start this way.
1: Right. And they're, and they're so, used to those sounds. If they're, if they're cleaning they around are, them yeah. at all times, they hear it all the time. They hear, it daily. they hear it, they hear it all day, every day.
0: So that's what I always start with. Um, and I'll play that. I'll play Ravens and Magpies off and on for probably four, three or four minutes. And then I'll do a howl, a coyote howl. And my, my theory behind that is, ravens and magpies have found something to eat and now there's a coyote there and wolves hate coyotes they'll kill them they'll stretch them they'll tear them apart right if they get an opportunity to and they will certainly try to run them off every chance they get i mean they're competing for the same food source exactly and so i will do a, a coyote howl, and if that doesn't do anything i'll do a coyote group or a pair and then i'll start doing some fights um and I like any of the fights, you know. Um,
1: like, like you're talking coyote fights. Yeah. Yep. Um, I will wolf howl. Um, the lone wolf on
0: Fox Pro works pretty good. Um, but I think it's also we're used to calling coyotes, and we play things at volume 15, you know. Mm-hmm and I think that's too loud for a wolf. Okay, um,
1: okay.
0: If you're, if you're doing a wolf howl, you gotta crank it way down. I see. And, and, and that's why I like to use my voice a lot, because I control the volume a lot better, and it's not too loud. I got you. So I'll do a wolf howl, uh, lone wolf, and then usually if a wolf is coming, he's gonna be there in 15 to 20 minutes.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Just like a coyote. The best uh, prey distress sound for wolves is adult cottontail, and I don't know why.
1: But Um, you've called them into adult cottontail.
0: A bunch, yeah. Yeah. That's the sound that seems to just get them going. I haven't had any luck with jackrabbit, which doesn't make any sense. I haven't had any, any luck with bird sounds. Um, and I've even I thought elk calf distress was going to oh, be a man. killer.
1: You think they trip over themselves trying to get to an elk calf?
0: Yeah, and I've never called in a wolf with elk calf distress, which is huh. just mind boggling to me. Yep. But adult cottontail, for some reason, just gets them fired up, and maybe it's just the area I'm hunting or whatever. But right. But that's that. Those are the the primary sounds I use. Um, ravens and magpies are you know corvids. I use some coyote vocals, just some, uh, you know, a a single coyote, like female sore howls or even coyote pup howl, and then, you know, coyote pair or uh, coyote group. So so
1: basically what you're doing, if if you get coyote or uh, wolves located, you're initially just making... A coyote stand pretty much with a lot of vocal action and just trying to place coyotes in on in an area where they have caught something or they, they yeah. have been predating on something. And then the magpies and ravens coming in there, and it it draws wolves in.
0: Yeah, the only exception is the wolf howl.
1: Yeah, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll only do a couple of
0: those and pan them, you know, three different directions, two or three of them. And then just be quiet, right. and uh, that's what seems to work. So, I called in um, this this particular one. This we see this black wolf coming through the timber. It's got a white crest on its chest, and it's not it's not coming hard, but it's definitely you know coming right to us, and. <clears throat> I'm all set up, ready to go, and I'm thinking this is the this is the wolf that I'm going to kill. It's it's a done deal, and I hear behind me a truck on the gravel road. Oh no! And it sounds really close, and I'm like, that is not good. And I turn around, and the truck luckily goes by, but I can see my pickup with the sun gl- glaring off the window just not very far behind me because we got out, we howled and they were right there. And that was where we had to set up. Right. Right. And now I'm thinking if that wolf clears the, that timber, he's going to see my truck. And so I tell my buddy, I'm going to stop him. I'm going to stop him. And as soon as he gets to the edge of the timber, I just wolf with my voice. Mm-hmm. Like you stop a coyote. Yep. He stops perfect facing me. I have a frontal shot, and I squeeze the trigger, and I see a pine bough deflect right in front of it. Oh, gosh. And the wolf turns around and runs out of my life. Oh, no. You got to be kidding me. And, of course, my buddy's like, what in the heck did you just do? Right, right. So (laughs) we go looking because i want to make sure that you know i didn't somehow hit it and no blood um nothing and i'm just beating down heartbroken oh
1: i can't imagine i can't imagine it's like calling in a it's like getting a chance at a 210 inch deer (laughs) and
0: Keep in mind, it was it
1: was a young wolf. Oh, it um, don't not, matter. It's a wolf. <laughs> not, yeah,
0: exactly, right? It's it's not like a big 120, 130-pound wolf, but it did not matter. It was a black wolf that I had called in, and I botched it, and I was just like, I was sick. I called all my buddies. and
1: said, <laughs> I, Hey, I, I, I called in I, a wolf, but guess what
0: happened? <laughs> I blew the shot of a, the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah well luckily i had my good friend that was with me is very upbeat and positive and he missed a wolf later that day um in a totally different area and so he's like okay we've both had opportunities that we've screwed up but let's keep hunting because we're on them we got it, you know, we got it figured out now. We just
1: got to kill him. Yeah, You say, you finally say, it's time to quit screwing around. It's time to get serious. Let's kill him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we just, de- we decided we're going to go back to where I missed mine and not the same clearing, but we're going to choose a clearing about a mile from there because when we howl, when we located, we heard at least two wolves and we only called in one. Right. So we're like, maybe the one that didn't get called in. Will come or whatever and <clears throat> I was talking to a, a buddy that spends a ton of time up here and he's like there's a there's a family that has four had four black pups in it um, a couple of years ago and I'm sure that's the family that you're chasing over there so he's like they're still in that area go back and so we went back and we Sat up on this big clearing. This is a big clearing. We can see 400 yards instead of, like, 30 or 40 yards. And, uh, again, we start out with ravens and magpies. I howl with my voice. And we're not there five minutes, and I see a black wolf loping across the clearing about 300 yards out.
1: Oh, man. I'm sure when you see that sight, you're talking about your heart racing. Yep. My buddy can't get a shot.
0: And I swing over there. Um, I'm self-filming. I have a a video camera set up on the tripod that I'm using as a rest. Right. So it points right down the barrel. Okay. Okay. And so I just press record. I swing the tripod over there. I howl. It stops. And I'm like as solid as I can be. And I pull the trigger. And I watched the impact through the scope. It like double lungs it, perfect shot. And that wolf starts spinning, Yep, doing doing death spins.
1: Right. Like we've seen cows do a hundred times.
0: Yep. I jack another round in, and by then it lines out and it heads into the dark timber as fast as it can go.
1: Oh man. Then your heart sinks. So you're like highest of highs. Now you're Now you're getting worried. <laughs> I'm sure I would be
0: yep I was And my buddy's like that was a great shot that that's a dead wolf and I'm like, I agree that's a dead wolf, but will we find it
1: right right you know was there snow on the ground or no
0: there was no there was no snow. It was like September okay like end okay. of September yeah okay and so leaves are just starting to change and and so now we're uh, now we're panicked and we we go and we find a blood trail. And we start tracking it into the timber, and we get about 50 yards into the timber. It's getting dark and, like, really dark. The sun is already set. Right. And we're losing light really fast, and the blood is not very easy to find. It's drying up, and there's no tracks to follow. And so he wants to go in and try and you know see if we can bump it out and shoot it again and i'm like no we need to we need to rethink this so we go back to the truck and i'm like i've got thermal in here let's get out the thermal and maybe we'll get lucky and find it with thermal you know as we as we walk in there right so he's never used thermal before, so I'm showing him how to use it and how to, you know, re-nuke it and adjust contrast brightness. He's like, so what am I looking for? What's it going to look like? And I, I said, well, you're on white hot, so it's going to look like glowing white. And he's like, okay, like that over there? And I'm like, no, that's a that's a tree stump that's still holding some heat, but it's not bright enough yet. It's, You know, it's going to be brighter. And I'm looking with mine, and I'm like probably like that over there and i'm like wait a minute
1: what is that
0: <laughs> what the heck so we go over there and it's my wolf oh, and it had kidding. ran it had ran in the dark timber you know like a hundred yards and then
1: come out of it.
0: it got confused turned around and came back and died right on the edge of the, the clearing not less than 30 yards oh from my
1: where gosh went. so you was able to spot it just as soon as you got got your thermal out just trying to teach him what to look for yeah and
0: i don't think i would have ever found it because it was it was 180 degrees the direction
1: you know so it went in it, and
0: just like she had gone in yeah. yeah
1: yeah and just turned back out how, how far did it, where did you actually hit him and how far did he end up running
0: yeah so i i hit her right behind the the front shoulder um double longer uh shooting a six creed where i was shooting hornady ammo you know yeah um and it was a a perfect shot but she had still they they absorbed uh ammo like you wouldn't believe they're super strong and that's another thing that i would like to impress upon the listeners if you're gonna hunt wolves Use a, a big game cartridge. In my opinion, even six Creedmoor is too small.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um, I there's one guy on YouTube um, that that shoots a lot of wolves, a couple every year. He uses a, a three thirty eight or no, he uses a three hundred Ultra mag.
1: Okay, so he goes he's like elk hunting rig. He's shooting like a elk round. What he's using. Yeah, but even with that, they'll still
0: suck it up and take it Man, sometime. That,
1: isn't that something? That is wild.
0: It, it's incredible. So I built a 300 PRC just yeah. for hunting wolves.
1: Nice, nice. And uh,
0: it, it's a lightweight, packable gun, you know. Yep. But that's what, that's what I use now. But um, I finally had my wolf down, and it was the exact same wolf that I had missed that morning. Is All that black, right? white white crest on her, awesome. on her chest
1: got, re- I got redemption.
0: What, yeah, I think what had happened is um after I missed her, she probably went and grouped back up with the family and but she was still interested to see what all those ravens and magpies were getting at and you know, and so it worked and uh since then I've you know been able to call in wolves consistently and um I haven't shot another one yet because I'm trying to get wolves for other people. Right. Yeah. Uh, because I've had other buddies and stuff who have tried to help me over the years, and so now it's their turn. And and uh, you know I've tried to help Al get one, and but we're uh, we're committed to it, and it's been it's been nuts.
1: Well, hopefully, y'all can do your trip in September. I it's when it is. Hopefully, y'all get get into him Al gets his first wolf is. Uh, and speaking of that, saying September, uh, is there a time of year that you prefer over others that you seem to have better luck in calling wolves? I know it can get pretty tough if you get too deep in the winter, just because of obstacles like uh, the snow, yeah, snow and stuff. Yeah. But do you have a particular right. favorite time that you like to try to chase them?
0: I like to chase them between really between uh, Labor Day and um
1: and thanksgiving okay so september through november
0: yep that's when i've had the the most success um the area that i hunt by usually by thanksgiving there's three three feet of snow and you can't really get anywhere unless you're on a snow machine and uh, a lot of guys will hunt off snow machines but it's just too hard to cameras and film and right. stuff in those conditions right
1: right so that's pretty tough on equipment for sure
0: yeah so we we like to you know hunt them in the fall um idaho just opened up year-round hunting for them uh they opened up baiting you can use thermal in idaho now there's all sorts of different things going on in idaho to try and get rid of them because they've just decimated the the population oh, you yeah. know
1: yeah that's and you know, I, I've been in Wolf Country. I've seen, I've seen the effects. Like uh, you know, we used to hunt northeastern Oregon quite a bit. Had had some family on ground up there, and I remember what it was like before wolves got in that area. And then I've seen the aftermath, and it, it turns it into a total different big game hunting area. It it, it makes the yeah. it makes the coyote calling so much different i can remember going up there and coyote calling and coyotes just charging come in the vocals good come into all the prey distress sounds just come barreling in you know and and shooting them right on top of the call and now since then, don't do that now no it's like you know they'll still come but they they stop several times and survey in the area and then they trot in yep. a little bit and it's like they're worried what's actually in there killing it because they know if they come up on a pack of wolves you know they're 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 just as you know they're dead too so it it, yeah these areas that got wolves is rough
0: now yeah coyotes will come a lot later um and they'll come quiet in a wolf area Uh, sometimes you know they won't come for 20 minutes and they'll just sit five six hundred yards out and just watch for five minutes to make sure there's nothing that's going to kill them um, but yeah, that's the same thing I've experienced. Yeah. Usually right. the coyote calling is not very good in, in an area that that's has right. wolves.
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, cause you're hmm. using a lot of coyote vocals. Uh, I'm sure there, I'm sure a coyote's not going to come while you're running a wolf howl, but do you ever call in coyotes while you're trying to make a wolf stand? And if they do come in, do they get a free pass or are you, you busting a coyote if they show up while you're trying to call for wolves? Well, if Al and I are hunting,
0: hell no, nothing gets a free pass. It's Al,
1: <laughs> right?
0: He shoots. <laughs> um, I've i told him, Al, we're never going to kill a two a, hundred a inch deer if we shoot every you know two point that we see, right. and and he laughs about it, but. It's that's hard. What, to that's, what you, that's,
1: that's what you say while you're making your wolf stands, and a coyote comes up, and he shoots. Yeah. It. That's how you're referring to it, <laughs> exactly. You yeah. If
0: he shoots every coyote that comes to the call, we'll probably never kill a wolf.
1: Exactly. But
0: now with suppress now with the suppressors and stuff, shooting the, the Huxwork work stuff, it probably doesn't matter all that much. Right. Um, and we we have a hard time giving a coyote a pass when the camera's rolling, especially. Right. Well, say um, we
1: well, say Al's not with you. Say it's just Tom Austin out there. You shooting a coyote when he comes in, or are you giving him the pass? I'm not. I give him a pass. Yeah. Um, you waiting on a wolf?
0: Yeah, I'm waiting on a wolf, and I don't want to. I don't want to mess it up. And also, you know, I lo- I love seeing coyotes, and I like having a healthy coyote population so I, that I can hunt them for years to come. And to me a coyote is worth money um not just to kill him but to actually be able to put him on film burn him on film and you know make some money doing it that's that's what i like to do so i don't i won't even really kill coyotes unless i'm hunting a contest or filming yeah, yeah. um there's there to me there has to be a reason to kill him i don't like to kill them just to kill him now I do have some ranchers that need them gone, and I'll get rid of them that way. But even then, I still try to put them on film or something.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you kind of get kind of get in that groove. It's uh, you know, f- the filming, filming of coyotes. You know, filming coyote hunts. It kind of gets in your blood a little bit too. It, you know, I get a yeah, lot of enjoyment was- out of it. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm on the gun. On the camera or maybe doing both, you know, do some self-filming as well. I mean, I, I really enjoy the filming aspect of it. It's always cool to go back and watch what you've done, uh, share it with friends and family, share it with every—you know all of our uh, uh, viewers out there and stuff. And, you know, it's always something to go back and look on that I've done in the past. It's, it's just cool stuff. I really enjoy that part of it.
0: I, I do too. I get a real sense of accomplishment. I feel like it's much harder to create than it is to destroy, yeah. and I like to create stuff. I, I like to you know, I, I like to be artistic and try to try to do things that uh, that <clears throat> a lot of people don't necessarily have the patience or equipment or even uh, the desire to do and make something cool out of it. You know, some of some of my best memories are what footage i was able to capture or you know Um yeah. you you call in a mountain lion and shoot it on film at 30 yards from the call it's it's a totally different thing than just shooting one
1: right um right. just to have
0: it on video you know it's oh, just
1: man. Now, you're, now you're now you're talking about one of my dream hunts there see i see i'm the type of guy which i'd love to get into wolves at some point but i have people ask me that question all the time you know when are you going to go wolf hunting all this stuff and i've always said that you know hey i want to call in a mountain lion and get him killed that's that's my first goal and i've tried it many times heck i've tried it seems like ever since probably i don't know it's been a long time i've been working on it for 15 years anyway and i've had one opportunity and i blew it and we ain't gonna get into yep. that story but i'm <laughs> i usually try to get a wolf tag almost every year or not a wolf tag but a mountain lion tag almost every year and hopefully next year or two i can i can check that one off the list one of these days then we can move on to the wolves i'll be hollering at you then, the end tom
0: sounds good <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time hey. i love it all of it
1: yeah, I think uh, I think we're getting here because we've been on here quite a while. Tom, you start talking about some fun uh, fun topics, we eat up a lot of time pretty pretty quick. We we enjoy you coming on and speaking with. Well,
0: us. Well, I I truly appreciate it. I I love uh, I love what y'all are doing, especially you know the the Fox Pro Hunting TV segments that that you're in, and I, I really appreciate those. And I think that you're doing something great and uh love to be a part of this great company um Fox Pro really has been good to me. I've been with them twenty years now, and they've been amazing to me
1: over the years and
0: I couldn't ask for a better company to yeah it's a you
1: know. great company and owned by a great family it's a it's a yeah it's a it's a good outfit that's for sure and uh, done a lot I, for, done a lot for the predator hunting industry, you know what i mean for
0: sure, yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love putting that fox pearl hat on them. I take pride in it. Oh man, proud of it for sure. That is a fact. Well, hopefully, maybe, you can get on a hunt here sometime this year or in the near future. I'd like to like to share a few stands with you. Yeah, I
0: would love that. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully, you and i have some luck here in September on your all's upcoming uh, wolf wolf trip. We'll have to get you guys back on here after that trip just to just to go over it. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a. About a wolf, you guys have called in, and put on, uh, put on film. But if not, I'm sure you guys are going to have a fun trip. We need to get back on after that's over with, and we'll we'll do us another podcast and and see how that went. Talk about the trip. What do you think?
0: Yeah, sounds great.
1: Well, till next time. We hope everyone enjoyed this episode. And we hope you join us again right here on the Fox Pro Podcast.